A lot of us have memories of being carpooled to your Saturday morning Little League game or having peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at picnic tables after soccer practice. Or how about waking up early to tailgate for afternoon football games? Sports have such an impact on all of our lives, whether we are actually playing or just enjoying from the stands. And both of those scenarios tend to involve the weather. How much of an impact can weather have on some of our beloved outdoor sports? We have Jessica Arnoldi here to provide some unique insight. Jessica, thank you for joining us on the Weather Geeks podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, right out of the gate, the question I ask every guest, how'd you become a weather geek? Yeah, so I was always the kid who was obsessed with weather growing up. I loved to watch storms. My parents would have me come, make me have to make me come in from the storms. Um, but there's a couple of big events that I can point to as really the tipping point to be like, okay, well, I'm going to do this as a career. Um, and I'm sure you're familiar with, as many people are, um, our age is that the big 1993 superstorm where um, I was in six. Oh, yeah. And I went to bed on a Friday in, um, I lived just west of Atlanta. So I went to bed on a Friday night after being at school all day. I wore shorts to school. I distinctly remember it being super warm, super nice day. Um, Went to bed that night, which is crazy storms, thunder, lightning, heavy rain, wind. And then by the time we woke up the next morning on Saturday morning, you know, we had six to 12 inches of snow. Um, It was crazy cold. We wound up having to leave and go to my grandmother's house because we lost power um and I just remember thinking like wait a second like how did that happen how did we go from one extreme to the other I feel like this is something I need to study um and just was obsessed I grew up watching the weather channel constantly I was a huge um John Hope fan um and then another event I remember distinctly being like well that was crazy is Hurricane Opal in 1995 um I did not, yes, 1995, which also came through the Atlanta area. And I stayed up all night just listening to the wind and like um, hearing the trees and the branches fall and everything like that. So two pretty big weather events that kind of pointed me in this direction. And yeah, she's a certified weather geek. She now works at the Weather Channel. Let me give you a little bit of her background. Over 15 years of experience communicating critical weather information in easily understandable ways to the public. She's an executive weather producer at the Weather Channel and has been with the company for over 17 years. Uh, She has a master's degree in meteorology from Penn State University, and this is the only negative blemish on her resume. She has a bachelor's in earth and atmospheric sciences from Georgia Tech. I'm kidding, of course. Yeah, I figured that would come up. Yeah, she. I'm I'm actually even wearing an SEC Go Dog shirt today. I know Jessica's a big Georgia Tech fan, and obviously I'm a professor at the University of Georgia. uh, Two um, outstanding programs uh, in atmospheric sciences here in the state of Georgia. Uh, so Jessica knows her stuff meteorologically. And so we wanted to have her on. Why don't we what, let's let's get a, let's geek out on what you do at the Weather Channel. Yeah. So my job as an executive weather producer here is I determine um, what the weather stories we are going to cover are on a day to day basis and then how we're going to tell those stories. You know, one of our main goals here at the Weather Channel is not just to give you your forecast that you can get in a thousand different places now, right? With the um, with smartphones, you can you have it all the information at your fingertips, but we wanna go beyond just what you can get on your phone and tell you the whys, exactly hows, the winds, all of this important information that you can't just get from looking at your phone. So that's my job is, you know, we constantly are analyzing the models to see what the weather's going to be the next day, the next few days, the next week, to see what stories we can bring to the viewers and how we can prepare our viewers, you know, even if it's just 
benign sunny day weather, let them know that. So they have good weather for, you know, going on their runs, run, running outdoors and doing errands and that sort of stuff to preparing them for more significant weather events that could be life-threatening, like ice storms, winter storms, severe weather outbreaks and hurricanes. So that's kind of my job there, kind of the voice behind what you see on air. Yeah, and that's, you know, this is a good opportunity for me just to say shout out to everybody at the Weather Channel, because I know you Weather Geeks listeners watch the Weather Channel and you see certain people and you see the product and it's one of the most reliable, if not the most reliable brand out there for weather information and just trustworthiness in general. But there are a lot of people you don't see uh, that walk the halls of the Weather Channel uh, that are sort of standing up all of these efforts from the, uh, you know, AMHQ or the um, the daily weather uh, that you see from on-air talent to this podcast and so forth. So, uh, you know, Jessica is one of the people that makes things run there and she's been there for a while. How What have you seen change over the years? What are some of the biggest changes that you've seen in almost two decades in the industry? Well, you know, not to go back to the, you know, smartphone thing, but that honestly has been the biggest change. You know, when I first started here, in January of 2006, smartphones weren't really a thing yet. They were just starting to come out. They're definitely, when did the iPhone come out? It was right around that time, right? I think it was right around that time. Yeah, a couple of years after that. But people weren't cutting the cord anymore. People were still coming to the Weather Channel for all of their weather needs. You had to turn on the Weather Channel to get your local on the eights, to get exactly what was going to happen. You really couldn't find the information um, as easily as you can now. So I think that's the biggest change is having to um, find a different way to get viewers and to tell them the information that they can't just get from looking at their phone. Um, obviously, the technology has not just with smartphones, but just the way we present weather here has changed drastically over the years. You know, with the addition of our IMR um, storytelling and then just to, you know, more and more um, extreme weather events, I feel that have just increased um, in the 17 years that I've been here. I think those are the two biggest changes. And big shout out to Mike Chesterfield, executive producer extraordinaire of Weather Geeks. But she mentioned the uh, IMR technology, which I know Mike and his team have been leading for many years. And it's I think it's a game changer for how we communicate risks for things like storm surge and hurricanes or flooding and so Absolutely. forth. So uh, keep an eye on that as well. I want to pivot now because the title of this podcast is Sports and Weather better together. And that's a clever little title come up with uh, that came uh, has been sort of, uh, I guess, uh, developed by our production team. And I want to sort of set this discussion up because I, I'm a senior contributor to Forbes and I just wrote an article just this week uh, because I felt for the young man in the Kansas City Chiefs Cincinnati Bengals game who had the late hit mm -hmm. uh, that essentially gave uh, the Kansas City Chiefs a, a closer field goal. And I, I used that analogy to make the point that he had a really good game the entire game, but people were going to remember that last late hit. And so that's very similar to what we deal with in the world of meteorology and that people remember our last forecast. And they also may anchor, uh, miss, uh, uh, remember that we make most forecasts quite well, but we occasionally have misses, but they, they tend to remember the miss. So with that context, uh, let's talk about the title of the podcast, Sports and Weather. Are they really better together? And I guess that's the podcast that somehow you've been involved with or somewhat. Tell us, look, give us more insight. So um, I've always been a big sports fan, um, huge Atlanta Braves fan growing up. Um, I was one of two uh, girls. So I was kind of my dad, uh, my dad's boy. And so I, a lot of my 
earliest memories are watching Braves baseball with him and huge sports fan from that. And just, I, I watch it all, but um, I'm of the mindset that sports should all be played outdoors. I hate indoor stadiums. I like seeing uh, the purist. Um, I'm a purist. I like seeing, uh, I love the snowy games we had in Buffalo and Kansas city a couple of weekends ago. I like seeing players out in the cold. And I think, I guess it was two or three years ago, you know, obviously, you know, um, rain is going to impact uh, sporting events and baseball games get canceled. You keep playing in NFL if it's raining, as long as it's not lightning. Um, but what about temperatures? And like for most people, everyone has their ideal temperature. Some people love it cold. Some people like it hot. Um, but I found stats that there are um, certain temperatures that certain quarterbacks just absolutely excel in and certain temperatures that even, um, professional major league baseball players excel in and you would think well okay um the hotter the temperature the worse the pitcher does because a ball can fly further in um you know more more humid hotter air that sort of thing but there are some temp some temperatures that some pitchers just excel in even if it's hot and they don't like when it's cold and the same thing can be said for for quarterbacks i just started looking up a lot of these stats to see if there was a correlation and some quarterbacks don't they don't really have a favorite temperature but there's a lot of them that do and it's a very distinct um correlation between like how well they play so i'll ask you marshall um what do you think? What temperature do you think Tom Brady plays the best at? Do you think it's cold or do you think it's hot? Yes, an interesting question because I'm actually a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, believe it or not. Although I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but I had to kind of pull for him when he moved to Tampa Bay. Right. Um, so the sort of science objective analysis would suggest cold weather because that's where he spent much of his career. But I believe I did see some stats that suggest that he had some pretty good games in warmer conditions. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. So when I referred like a couple of years ago, when I first started doing this, I was like, oh, surely Tom Brady plays better in the cold. He, he went to Michigan, right, for um, college. He played in New England for most, most of his career. But if you look at the numbers, he's significantly better at uh, in games in 80 degrees plus than he is the colder it gets. So it kind of makes sense that he wound up playing his last two seasons, um, two or three seasons for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So just interesting things like that. And it's not just temperatures. Um, precipitation too. Aaron Rodgers, for example, you can get the stats for him. His average QBR and and touchdowns per game and yards per game actually goes up when it's raining compared to when it's not raining. So that's a little bit of an oddity there. You would think most people would play worse in the precip rain or snow, but Aaron Rodgers is actually one of the ones that does better in those conditions. So these are just some of the things I found over the years and I used it to make kind of predictions on how I think um, sporting events games would play out. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And we are back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from University of Georgia, and I'm speaking with Jessica Arnoldi of the Weather Channel, but we're talking about sports and weather. Uh, are they better together? 
Um, this is really interesting. You give us a little background on sort of your purest nature as a sports fan. I'm a big sports fan as well. So I often I have this collision of weather and sports as well. But I'm curious, do you have any more formal background in sports management or the sports industry? Or is this just something that you take your passion for sports and your expertise in weather and have combined the two? Uh, no, I don't have any. I think the most professional um, experience you could say is that I helped uh, kind of manage the Georgia Tech club lacrosse team for a season. And by manage, that was, you know, write down their stats. And I don't even, I didn't even know anything about lacrosse when I did that. I think they just needed someone to sit in the, sit in the stands and help with that. But no, no formal thing. I've just always been a big sports fan. I love watching just about anything. Um, I think uh, I, and then I'm a numbers person. I love when I can look at a set of numbers and be like, Oh, what does that mean? And how does that pan out? And that's kind of what led me into doing a lot of this analysis with sports and weather. You know, I talked about the NFL um, and how different quarterbacks play well. So this season, I decided to kind of keep track of how well I did. And I didn't actually physically bet on any of the games myself, but I would use the betting lines and um, kind of say how I would bet based on them. For example, um, there was a game between, um, I believe, it was the Dolphins and Ravens earlier this year. And um, both quarterbacks, um, Lamar Jackson and Tua, they um, both play extremely well in the heat. They love the heat. So I suggested that maybe one would bet the over in that game. And that's absolutely what happened in that game. Um, other times, if it's going to be you know, super cold and both quarterbacks don't play well in the cold, you would tend to bet the under. And what I tried to do is like take away any knowledge I have of the sport in general. Like, okay, well, take away the fact that, you know, for example, San Francisco has one of the best defenses in the league, just physically look at the weather and try to make a call based on that. And so that's kind of what I did. And I think my final record, if I were to have bet on all these games was like 24 and 16 for the year, which is not bad. If you oh, are that's actually, actually quite good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty good when you're actually um, betting, you obviously want to win more than you lose. Um, but what's interesting is that if you could take, the actual weather stats and use it with what other other football stats you know, and that can really um, you know give you an edge up in your fantasy football team um, if you're doing betting for the sports, um, for example. And so it's just one other aspect you can look at that could give people a head, uh, an edge up on the on the odds, so to say. Well, I, I jokingly mentioned the University of Georgia, but we did play in a national championship game where weather was going to be a factor. I'm curious if you had, because they were playing in SoFi Stadium, which has this really strange. I wasn't able to go to that game. I was supposed to go, actually, but I understand the stadium's actually somewhat covered, but has openings on the side. And, yes. and talking to people in the stadium, you could actually see air coming into one part of the stadium, coming down onto the field and then exiting. And I understand that the stadium was somewhat designed and the ventilate in that way, but the poor TCU fans were in the sort of wetter part of that flow. Um, did you have any weather thoughts on the national championship game or did you just hope the Bulldogs lost? <laughs> uh, well, I definitely hope the Bulldogs lost. I know you um, did. Yeah, uh, no, I didn't really look at that because there's, you know, there's not a lot of the physical stats out there like that I can get for some of the professional players. Um, so that's, I don't do a lot for college football just because of that reason, but, but there was one weekend where um, there was a lot of big 10 games 
that we're going to be impacted by very strong winds. So right. we're talking not just, you know, 10 to 20, we're talking 40 to 60 mile an hour wind gusts during the game. And so one of the things I said to do for a lot of those games was to bet the under. And that happened. That was true for almost like every single game played in the Big Ten that weekend because of it. It was the um, Ohio State Northwestern game, for example. You know, I don't know if you remember this game, but Ohio State did not beat Northwestern. I think they were favored by like 38 points. And I don't even think 38 total points were scored in that game. So um, that's kind of what I look at more in general for games like that when I'm talking about college sports. And then um, for baseball, so what I did this year for the World Series is looked at pitching stats and how pitchers do in certain temperature ranges. And it was interesting because for game three of the World Series, which was back in Philly, um, the first one was rained out and then they got to play. And um, the pitchers in that game, I had predicted that I think the Phillies are going to win because the pitcher pitches really well in the temperatures that it was going to be at, whereas the Houston pitcher not so much. And that was, I think Houston won that game seven to nothing. So it's just interesting when these stats work out, um, how you expect them to just based on the weather. Yeah. Really fascinating discussion here with Jessica Arnoldi from the weather channel talking about sports. Our producers had a question they wanted me to throw out at you. Um, how much do indoor versus outdoor stadiums skew the results of quarterbacks that they play there? Now you've kind of alluded to this a little bit, but you said you're a purist, but I mean, I, you know, there are certain quarterbacks like I can like Matthew Stafford, who played much of his career indoors or Matt Ryan, uh, for example. Um, give us some thoughts on that. Yeah, so it's funny. Um, I was actually trying to see what, what kind of angle I could take to talk about the Super Bowl with it being played indoors, um, which, in my opinion, probably should not be played indoors because, as you know, um, what is it? Uh, State Farm Stadium, is that what it's called in Phoenix? Uh, it can be open. It can have an open roof. And oh, but, is it in Phoenix? Yeah. So that's the oh, footprint. I think, well, no, I'm thinking about the basketball arena. It's State Farm. Yeah. State Farm. And I don't, it's what's interesting about that is it can be open the roof. And what they do is actually they, it's, it's a natural grass and they can roll the field out to get sun and light and, mm -hmm. and keep it and then roll it back in. Um, in my opinion, if looking at the early guidance for weather there, it's going to be dry. It's not go, likely going to be windy. You know, granted, we're still a good 10 days out. Um, and the temperature will likely be in that 50 to 60, 65 range. To me, that's perfect weather to be outdoors, right? Um, but they're probably going to close the roof. So I was looking to see if there was any indication between the two starting quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, do they play better outdoors or do they play indoors? Would one of those quarterbacks be better if he were to play, if they were to open the roof. And I haven't found any correlation so far. It seems to be like, you know, they're about the same indoors versus outdoors. What's interesting about Patrick Mahomes is that as the temperature goes down, he actually gets worse. Now, Patrick Mahomes at his worst is still pretty dang good. Yeah, well, I think we saw that when he was at 80% with a sprained, high ankle sprain at that. High ankle sprain, right, yeah. So, um, and actually that was the one prediction I got wrong this past weekend was that um, I predicted the, Bing the Bengals to win because Joe Burrow, his stats just get increasingly better the colder it gets, whereas Patrick Mahomes gets worse. Another person that gets worse is um, Josh Allen. So I predicted that even though Buffalo was favored in that game two weeks ago by five to six points, I predicted that the Bengals would win because Josh Allen does not play good in the cold. Might want to look into going to a different um, team for, since he plays in Buffalo. And as we know, Buffalo can get quite cold, especially. Well, I hear Atlanta might be looking for a quarterback. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we can. We'll take him down here in the Falcons, right? He can play indoors, and we'll be set. Uh, another quarterback, uh, Jared Goff for Detroit. Um, he actually does not play good outside at all. He needs to be inside. He just does better. Um, and that became a factor when they went to uh, the New York Jets toward the end of the season. So. I, I'm curious because I, I think you do have this down, quote unquote, to a science. Um, I, I think there's so much more you could do with this. I mean, I'd be really interesting to even see a segment with you on the Weather Channel talking about some of these things, because I think there's really some interesting and, you know, people love sports. Uh, I think it's something that really could be exploited. But when we get back from the next break, I want to talk a little bit more about the baseball world because we're about to head into baseball season. So after the next break, we'll go there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia. I'm speaking with Jessica Arnoldi. And you just heard, I mean, this is really fascinating because I think we've done shows on weather and, and sports. And we've had people like worked on on the TV show talking about how weather impacts sports. But I think Jessica's taken this a step further in terms of how she's looking at player performance under different weather conditions. Um, there's a significant sort of statistical base of data to do this. And they're probably, I mean, I, I guess I'm curious, do you do this for just quarterbacks or do you look at other positions, kickers, yeah, punters? I would definitely look at kickers, kickers and wind. So um, I was, even though I predicted that the Bengals would win this past weekend, I was happy to see that Harrison Butker won the game for um, Kansas City because he's a Georgia Tech alum and sure uh, kind of a hero there. So that I was fine with that. But you can look at um, kickers and wind and how well they do based on the wind speed. Obviously, wind is going to be the biggest factors when it comes to kickers. So uh, you can see how well they perform when the wind speed is you know higher or not um, or if it's low. Obviously, the less wind, the better. But if you get a crosswind, that's bad. You could get a little help. Um, you know, with a with a win at your back, tailwind, so to say, instead of a headwind when kicking. So that definitely is a big impact on the games. Um, there's a Mike Chesterfield, uh, my boss, and you mentioned him earlier, one of the producers here. He um he always says bet the under if it's gonna be a, a, a windy game. So yeah, there's definitely stats. You can even do it by court um running backs, wide receivers. Um, but ultimately, you know, the quarterback is, you know, the manager of the team. And so that's really kind of what I try to look at the most. Not to mention it's a very time-consuming thing to look up stats for this, you know, for this much information. Um, so I tend to just focus on that. Uh, as far as baseball goes, um, I, I mentioned the World Series and pitchers earlier. Another thing I looked at was when the wind is blowing in, you would intuitively think that all batters would hit less home runs, you know, less RBIs, all, all of that. But I was able to go through and crunch some numbers for the World Series. Are there any batters that actually hit better when the wind is blowing in. And for that game three, the wind was going to be blowing in. So I looked it up and Reese Hoskins actually for the Philadelphia Phillies, 
he does better when the wind is blowing in. So I'm like, look at, look for him to have a good game. And he actually did hit a home run that night. So um, there are all kinds of stats out there. It's just a matter of like going and finding them and kind of applying them to whatever uh, the environment is for that game and, and whatever is happening. Yeah. And I, you mentioned as, as, as is my wife, you are a Braves fan, a big Braves fan. My wife, uh, since a small girl has also been a big Braves fan. So we spend a good deal of time over, and I guess truest park. And I, I I heard that they actually did. And I, one of your, I guess, former weather channel colleagues, I don't know if he was around when you were there, Tom Moore, mm-hmm. I was talking to him and he said that, you know, they did come asking around about certain weather data in terms of how they designed the stadium and oriented right field to, to capture, take advantage of the wind. I mean, I mean, is that something that you're knowledgeable about? Are, are other are there some ballparks that are more weather friendly for for performance for the hitters or pitchers and others? Yeah, there's definitely like uh, pitchers ballparks and hitters ballparks. Obviously, Coors Field in uh, Denver is a huge hitters park and that's just uh, a lot to do with the air being less dense you're at a higher altitude so the ball can travel further um citizens bank park actually i think is considered a hitters park if i remember correctly because it's a little bit smaller so dimensions you know come into play um uh, one of the segments i did um for the playoffs in 2021 for the braves um we were talking about how okay well the wind was going to be blowing out in at truest park and i think it was for the opening game with the dodgers so the nlcs 2021 the wind was predicted to be blowing out intuitively you would think that that would mean more home runs would be hit in that state in that type of environment however when the wind is blowing out at truest field it's actually a north wind so what would we think, what would we know about a north wind? It's going to be drier. It's going to be colder. So that is actually the, at least for the 2021 season, that was the wind direction that had the least amount of home runs per game um, at Truist Field. And so I, I was like, I don't anticipate many home runs to be hit in this game. Um, and it, I think the two were wound up being hit in that game. And it was all because even though the wind was blowing out, it was a cold, dry wind. I was at the game um, and it was a chilly, dry, one of those first really cool autumn nights that we get here in the South and look forward to so much after the summer heat. And um, it absolutely, it definitely impacted the game. And uh, by the way, a little birdie told me that uh, you do do segments like this on the Weather Channel already. Is that is that sort of sporadic or is this a regular feature now? So I, you know, I try to send out a weather in place segment for them to do on air. Um, I don't like being in front of the camera. It is not my favorite thing. Uh, In fact, when I was growing up and people, you know, found out I wanted to be a meteorologist, I would tell them I want to be a meteorologist at the Weather Channel. And then they would get all excited. I'm like, oh, we're going to get to see you on television one day. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to be in front of the camera. I'm sure there's a thousand jobs behind the camera that I can do. You mentioned that earlier. Um, So I don't love it. But um, for the weekend uh, series, the um, division series a couple of weekends ago, I did do some segments with Mike Bettis, who's also he likes to do these sports segments. And they do them a lot on Weather Underground show. They really like to do those as well. And so we did some segments for YouTube that performed quite well. And then it was fun that we when I was I went four and oh that weekend for my predictions. And so we did kind of like a, a receipts reel and posted that as well to be like, yeah, right, right, right. So um I do every once in a while put my face in front of the camera, even though I prefer to be the the brains behind it. <laughs> so any any desire to take this analysis and technique 
and do other things with it? Or are you just, just going to keep it in the fun zone for now? No, I would love to expand on this more and make it more of a re, uh, constantly reoccurring segment. When we do that. We would love to develop relationships with some of the, um, you know, other co- like big companies out there, DraftKings, FanGraphs, you know, any of these places that where they take sports and look at um, impact, you know, we could use it. We could have a weekly fantasy football segment where we're like, okay, should I play, you know, Aaron Rodgers this weekend? You know, he's going to be playing in the cold or should I play Josh Allen, who is also going to be playing in the cold where the stats would say you would want to play Aaron Rodgers because he plays better in the cold and you would likely get more points out of him for your fantasy team. So I absolutely would love to expand on this and do more things with it. It's just one of those passions of mine. It combines the weather and sports that I love to talk about so much. And again, I love crunching numbers. So just being able to get numbers to work out and, and applying to that is a lot of fun for me. You know, I'm, I, I want to geek out here. This is just, it just came to me in this moment because I, I mean, we've been talking about football and baseball because those are the two obvious sports mm-hmm. where weather can have an impact, but I'm just thinking about what other sort of major sports I mean, this type of analysis and some out of the box ones come to mind, like NASCAR, for example, because I know their weather impacts their soccer, um, even some of the Olympic sports. So, I mean, have you ventured into other, I mean, other areas? I have not. No, um, it's funny. I'm, I was born in the South. And it's the one unsouthern thing about me is I'm not a big NASCAR person. So I haven't looked at that much, um, but I know obviously rain impacts them. Um, rain would impact soccer fields, obviously it's going to make the field more slippery. You can look at horse racing, you know, the things you could do with weather and sports is, is limitless. And as, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I understand even wind wind is important for NASCAR as well, in terms of headwinds, tailwinds and those types of things as well. Absolutely. Horse racing as well. So no, as you were just thinking about, as I was listening, you talk about the baseball, I just, those things came to mind and, and I, and I, I into those weather geeks listeners out there, there are some sports companies out there that sort of uh, deal in this sort of weather sports convergence world. Uh, check out a few of our former podcasts or a couple of episodes that delve into it, but not really from the perspective that we've talked about with Jessica today. If, if people want to sort of follow you or learn more about uh, you or in social media, are you out there on social media that people can just kind of casually follow you as you put these things out? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Jessica Arnoldy is my handle. So it's simple, easy to find. So you can definitely follow me there. I try to uh, post up every once in a while, especially once it's actually made our, our air so we can see it there. Um, we did the YouTube shorts that I talk about. And I know that's something they want to do more of. And, you know, as we approach opening day, it's February. So that means we're um, one month away, you know, catchers. Pitchers and catchers are probably reporting soon. Yeah, and within the next few weeks. So that will start ramping up and I'm going to start trying to get some um, baseball stats together so we can do some more of these things for some of the opening games. There's so many baseball games um, that being able to do some of this deeper analysis like, like I do for the NFL games makes it a little more difficult. But, you know, there will be some obvious instances where I can just quickly look. I'm like, that pitcher, I know how well he does, you know, in this temperature range. Let me go and pick that pick that up. So now this, I, I know you're doing a lot of this just using your own sort of technique and intelligence, but this also to me screams of applications for artificial intelligence. Yeah. Uh, sort of this big data analysis, particularly because baseball, there are so many games and there is so much data. Have you considered going down that road in terms of some artificial intelligence techniques? Yeah, I would love, I think we would love to be able to get um, like a one-stop data source to where I could just type in a, a, a pitcher's name, 
type in the temperature range that I wanted to look like, look at, and it spits out what exactly, you know, their performance could be anticipated to be. Same thing with quarterbacks. Um, you can also just, you know, put everything in for every team and just kind of see what the forecast would be and how that's going to impact your team performing. So there are, you know, definitely um, so much we could do with this as far as data goes and like the, the limits are endless. Well, really. Well, we're almost at the end of the podcast, but I want you to put your weather channel hat back on as a weather channel professional. Uh, what do you hope the audience takes away from these graphics stats and what you're up to from the weather channel perspective? Yeah, I know this is, again, it goes back to the beginning of the podcast when I talked about us wanting to take, get the, give the viewer more information than they can get by just looking at their phone. Anyone can show the forecast for exporting of it, right? But okay, so it's gonna, what does that mean? So taking the data and showing them an interesting way of why they should care about this. Oh, you know what? My fantasy football player, he doesn't do well in the heat. Maybe I shouldn't play, you know, play him this week, or I have the San Francisco defense, but they're playing in the cold against a quarterback who really loves the cold. Maybe I shouldn't play the San Francisco defense for my fantasy football this week. Maybe I should play a different team. So just things like that, where we can help the viewer. Again, we talked about what our goal, our mission here at the Weather Channel is, is to help our viewers, not only with just regular day-to-day lives, but um, safety matters when storm, storms threaten their families and their homes and businesses, but also in, you know, in, in this other aspect of life. Sports plays such a huge role in so many people's lives that this is just another way that we can assist our viewers. Well, this, this is fascinating because I'm also a sports fan and a weather geek. So this has been a really great discussion. Unfortunately, we have to end it here. But before we do, it's time for the Geek of the Week. We like to highlight a scientist superstar, a great geologist, or a weather weenie at the end of every podcast. This episode's Geek of the Week it is Robert Oliveris. He is an operating engineer for Southern California whose most memorable weather event was the June 2022 monsoon in Los Angeles. It was a monsoon rain event. At work, he goes by Glendale Gust since all of his coworkers go to him for everything weather related. Both Jessica and I can definitely relate to that because I'm sure over the years we've had people call us up or text us what the weather is going to be. All Jessica, the time. Absolutely. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us on the Weather Geeks podcast. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been great. And shout out to all the Weather Geeks team uh, who thought this was a great podcast idea because it really was. And I think you really are going to enjoy it. And I hope we can do more with this because, again, the weather sports convergence is really interesting and people love sports. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you later on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia. And I won't say go dogs, but I guess I did. (laughs) 